0: You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church, Midrand. The place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. And I know some of you are already booked to, <laughs> to travel to places. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's good to be in God's house this morning. And it's also all the better for seeing you. Amen. You're welcome. Welcome. Mosa, good to see you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wonderful. You are all welcome. It's important for us to really love the Lord um, without any reservation. Because he has loved us without any reservation. He has paid the highest price for your soul, for your life. He has loved you more than anything. It doesn't matter what you're going through. I want you to know that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll never stop loving you. That's who he is. You are the apple of his eye. That's what the Bible says. You're the apple of his eye. Your eye is one of the parts you protect the most. Is that not so? And he's using that metaphor to help you to understand how he values you. And how much he's ready to do anything for you. Sometimes we go through tests. We go through trials. And the enemy lies to us that because we're being tested, God has abandoned us. It's a lie. You understand? Um, Paul said, what shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation, persecution. It doesn't matter what I go through. His love for me is constant. Why don't you tell someone, tell that person, it doesn't matter what you go through. His love for you is constant. Amen. He's consistent. He's the most consistent being. Some of us are not consistent. You, 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 you can only be committed when things are fine. Come on. Just look straight. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> yeah. When everything is fine, oh yes, you sing your best song. When everything is going well, you dance that your best dance. You begin to bring out all those moves. Come on. Yeah. Hmm? Have you seen people that win the lottery? They even kneel down in public. Thank you, Jesus. As if he was involved. (laughs) You get my point. They celebrate, they would dance, they would do everything. It's it's amazing. That's human nature. hmm, When something good is happening, have you noticed the celebrations and the jubilations? Sometimes they get out of control. Right? But can you celebrate his love like that all the time? Can you praise him like that all the time? Or are you the kind of person that will wake up and say, God, why did you do this to me? Or why didn't you do this for me? Huh? Why did you do it for Pastor Ryan and you are not doing it for me? That means you favor him, you love him more than me. It's not true. So, I don't know about you. I think we owe him a lot. I feel that way, that I owe him so much more than I have given to him. I, I owe him more love. I owe him more commitment. I, I owe him, if there's anything else I can do, I would want to do it. In view of God's mercies. Amen. In view of his love. Amen. Paul said in Romans chapter um, 12, verse 1, he says, In view of God's mercies, I beseech you. Yes, Lord. huh? Yes. I beseech you, brethren, that you present your bodies... A living sacrifice. In view. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren. I think it's the NIV that uses in view of his mercies. Or one of these translations. Hmm? He says, in view of his mercies. Where is it? Okay. Okay. There we go. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercies. So you need to never lose sight of his mercies. You must always keep his mercies in view. Always keep it in view. The Bible says it's because of his mercies that we are not consumed. So you must always keep his mercies in view. And so when you see his mercy, the response should be to offer your body Amen. as a living sacrifice. Not to, put, not to offer your body on the lapses of someone, some stranger that... Come on. In view of his mercy, offer your body. Present it to him as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So you worship him with your body. Not just with your songs. Hallelujah. Do you love him? Can you see his mercies? Can you look back and see how merciful he has been? Or do you want him to open your eyes and show you all the calamities he has saved you from this year? Do you want him to open your eyes to see all the accidents you have missed? Do you want him to open your eyes to see all the tragedies you have missed? The fact that you don't see them does not mean he has not been working. The fact that you have not been destroyed does not mean that God has not been there in your life. And Sometimes the enemy lies to us and unfortunately we listen to him. We listen to him. We allow him to to, to lie to us about God. Because of our condition. I refuse to believe a lie. I refuse to listen to the father of all lies. I refuse to listen to him. I choose to fix my eyes. On the one that has demonstrated. Beyond the shadow of a doubt. His love for me. There's nobody on earth that has done that for me. Amen? So because of that, I have cause to love him. I have cause to love him. He says we love him because he first loved us. It's not because we first loved him. No, he first loved you. He loved you while you were sinners. He loved you before you could even be holy. He loved you before you could sing a song. He loved you before you could say, praise the Lord. He loved you. You are dead in sins. And he loved you. So we have more than enough reason to be grateful. We have more than enough reason to praise him. We have more than enough reason to lay our lives down. We have more than enough reason to sacrifice whatever it will take. If it would take my future, I put it into his hands. I say, you take it because you have shown me by word and by example what it means to love. To truly love. And so, because of that, my desire, my ultimate desire is to please him in all things. In all things. I want to please him. I don't want my desires, my other desires To be so distorted. That I now begin to displease him. In pursuit of my desires. Do you get my point? That's what the enemy specializes in doing. He sees your desire. And he latches himself to your desire. And he uses your desire against God. He uses your desire against God. He will use your desire to make God weep. Use your desire to make Jesus weep and weep and weep. Many times he has shed tears for you. But because you don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't, it's not happening. So, what's your desire? What's the purpose of your desire? I want to speak to you this morning on desire with purpose desire with purpose your desire needs to have purpose god's desire for you has a purpose and your desire both for him for yourself for those around you every desire you have needs to have a purpose If you don't give your desire a purpose, Satan is going to give you a purpose for that desire. Jesus was able to harness the desire of his apostles, his disciples. But I want you to see something from the book of Genesis. Let's start from there. Right from the beginning. Hmm? So, you remember that when Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. First of all, before they ate from there, Satan worked on the desire. On Eve's desire, right? She saw that the the tree was desirable to make one wise. Yes? So, he took hold of that desire. And he was able to use that desire against God. So after she had eaten the fruit. And Adam had eaten with her. And now they're in a state of like awareness of their nakedness. A condition that was not part of God's plan. Right? God comes. And when God comes. He interrogates them. He questions Adam. He questions Eve. And God makes a statement in verse uh, 16. Let's read verse 16. Hmm? To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. Sure. Sure. Say, not good. Or oh, is it good? <laughs> it says, In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. The good thing, just let's stay there on verse 16. The good thing is this thank God for Jesus. All right. Thank God for Jesus because it's like somebody's, somebody can see this now and say, oh well, God has sentenced the woman to pain. And all of that. It doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. It does happen, but it doesn't have to be like that. Those of you that are pregnant, listen to me. Come on. Listen to me. It does not have to be like that. Yeah. We're talking from experience. Doesn't have to be like that. It's amazing. When the the last time my wife was pregnant and she had to give birth, it was one of the most supernatural experiences she ever had. Painless. 100% painless. Am I correct? You're correct. free we got to a point we agreed in prayer and we said it is not going to be like the others amen. Yes, amen. Amen. we prayed about it, Believed it amen. speaking it every day The problem is that a lot of times we wait until a crisis moment before we apply our faith. But from the moment of conception, once it was clear, we started believing God on a daily basis. Speaking the word, declaring, this is what we expect. And that day in the hospital, those nurses couldn't believe. 'Cause they say, you must be kidding, you don't know what you're talking about. You you mean you are ready to deliver? Tsk, go, cause uh, they know when it's time, they know how. Yeah, yeah. They know how it happens. Yeah. They know what happens, they know all the telltale signs. Yeah. So how was it for you?
1: <laughs> it's a long story, do you really need the story? <laughs>
0: Do you want to hear?
1: (laughs) Well, I wasn't feeling any... I I wasn't in labor. I was sleeping all through. I kept sleeping. And every time, I only woke up when they came in to examine me. And I got really... I know we had been praying, but I got really concerned. Because I wasn't... I mean, I had two other children. And I knew I was supposed to be feeling something. <laughs> but there was nothing, I just kept sleeping, you know. Um, when it was time to take me into the delivery room, because they kept examining me and saw that I had dilated nicely. Yeah. They took me, when I was going to the delivery room, the nurses wanted to know what I, I wanted to eat after delivery. And I told them, and they're like, is this woman really in labor, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? And then I went in, went into the delivery room, I slept again, all I did was sleep. I kept sleeping, my mother-in-law came in and I told her, mom, I'm not feeling anything. So she was even concerned. She says, father, let this pressure come. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we need some pressure here for this child to come. And then the moment, the moment anyone walks out of the room, I sleep, you know. So, and then eventually, when I woke up at some point, um, a nurse came in to examine me and I woke up and she shouted, the baby's coming, the head is here. Um, my doctor didn't get there before the baby came. Yeah. yeah. So that was the one time I had pressure. I felt pressure when it was time to push. Because yeah. she said, the head is here. The baby's head is here. And then she says, Push. She was shouting, call the doctor. And then I pushed, and baby came. And that was the end of the story.
0: Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, you see, God honors your faith. If you have a desire and you can connect the Word of God to that desire and you will insist on that desire, you shall have what you believe for. This is not theory. You just heard it. Amen. Amen. So, it's real. It's not, we didn't read it from anywhere. This is living testimony. Living example. So, don't allow anyone to tell you it's not possible. It's too late. It's too late. Hallelujah. So, he says to the woman, come on, where are we? Yeah. So the woman says, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Right? So we were able to debunk that with other scriptures. Which I'm not going to go into. Do you understand? So you need to use the word of God. So some people will read that and say, ah, he said it. Women are all doomed. You need to understand the scriptures. Glory. Then the next thing is this. He says your desire shall be for your husband. And he shall rule over you. Listen, that's not a good thing. In case you don't know, that's not a good thing. What he says here is not a good thing. It's a result of the fall. It, in other words, it wasn't like that yes. before he said it. Amen. It wasn't like that yes, Lord. before they ate the fruit. Amen. So this came as a result of eating the fruit. Amen. Your desire shall be for your husband. And it's in, the, in, in the Hebrew, it's the, the, the meaning is interesting. It's like your desire will be to dominate your husband. But he will subjugate you. So you see how desire was perverted because of sin. So they, it's, not, it's not that your desire will be to always love your husband. and to No, 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 no. That's, that's your sanctified mind. <laughs> yeah that's your sanctified man but in this, this was it was the beginning of conflict in Adam's marriage yes. Yes. So, Wow! Yes. So, so, it was the beginning of major major conflict he had always lived in harmony he was living heaven on earth yes. with his wife until they ate this thing And God says, oh, you ate it. Number one, the pain. And since Jesus has not come, this is like going to go on and on and on. And listen to me, no woman in this church has a business dying in childbirth. You know, suffering unnecessary pain. Reject that in the name of Jesus. We dealt with barrenness. Now we're dealing with... <laughs> this church is one of the most fertile churches. Yeah. If you, if you know any barren woman, just send her here. The moment she gets here, poof, it's going to happen. Yeah, because we have dealt with the spirit of barrenness. It will not survive here. If it he comes here, it will die. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, your desire shall be for your husband. In other words, from that time, Eve wanted to rule her. To dominate. Sin it introduced that. So, God was saying, this is the product of what you've eaten. So what you've eaten is going to bring out that thing that you want to dominate him. All the time. So And that's why in relationships, if you are in the flesh, that thing comes up. Married people, come on, smile, look straight and say hallelujah. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. So whenever you are in the flesh, that thing will rise. So when it rises, he says that, but he, he's going to rule. It, and it's not like, you know, it's, you look at it and say, oh, okay, he's going to lead. No, 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 no that's not what's in the Hebrew, it's subjugate. Yes. So is it, <laughs> who's in charge here? <laughs> who's wearing the pants here? And you see that in relationships, you see that in many marriages, and unfortunately even some Christians operate like that. They are still in the garden, post the fall. They have not entered into the grace of God. They've not. So if you're a man and you think that that's how to be a man, you have missed it. You are in a fallen state. If you're a woman and you think you still have to dominate, you're in a fallen state. If you're a man and you think you have to subjugate. I have to Teach you how to respect me respect does not come by teaching it's earned can't force it hallelujah so desires got whacked when sin came you know So it's like two heads trying to establish their headship in the same institution of marriage. Before that, it was harmony. Hmm? Because on the head, you look at the head, the head is not just made up of the head. The head has the eyes, has the nose, has the mouth, has the ear all makes up the head. So some people think head is all there is. So the fact that you are made the head does not mean that you are the only member of the head. Hello? So head, the head has the eye. The eye helps to see for the head. The head has the nose. The nose helps to smell. The the head has the ear. The ear helps to hear. (laughs) Come on. So, how how many sensory organs can we trace to the head? (laughs) Remaining the touch, but you can still feel. Okay? So, what am I saying? All the senses are present. So, it's only a fool that thinks because he's the head, he can't listen. Hello? With all due respect to all the fools. There's no fool in this house. <laughs> 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hold <laughs> your respect. Yeah. So, this, this, it, it, it's, it's amazing how a desire to eat a fruit now produce other desires that now brought pain and conflict. So the f- the next pain they f- the experienced was emotional. Mm-hmm. Emotional pain. So their wife comes, she says, No, we have to do this. And he says, No, we must do this. Yeah. Oh well, uh, have you thought about no 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 don't you remember? I listened to you and we ended up where we are. The last time I listened to you, we ate. And look at the mess we are in now. Because I listen to you. So stop talking. Come on. And, I, and I'm surprised that they, some people even preach that on the pulpit. Yeah. I heard one respectable preacher say that women were devils. So that means he was conceived by a devil. He was nurtured by a devil. huh? He, he was raised by a devil. And he married a devil. And he produced daughters who are devils. Sure. Then what, that, what does that make him? A senior devil. Senior devil. Advanced devil. Doc. Doctorate in, (laughs) not demonology, no. (laughs) That's not good there. All right. So, you see, but what happens is that when Jesus comes, Jesus changes the equation. So now, you now see that in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul now introduces the subject of submission. There was no submission before. It was subjugation, which came by compulsion and by force, by violence, by whatever means he was brought in. And so Jesus comes and says, "No, I want to model." What the father's plan was from the very beginning. Husbands, love your wives. As Christ loved the church. Wives, submit. Submission is done by volition. It's not by compulsion. If it's compelled, it's not submission. It's subjugation. Okay? So, I don't know why I'm saying all of this. Hallelujah. But if you're married or you're going to get married. And there's somebody that wants to marry you. And he is subjugating you. And you continue with that relationship. You are a volunteer. No, you are a volunteer. You have volunteered. Like a lamb led to the slaughter. (laughs) You open not his mouth. Come on. If you are confused about it, come and meet me after. I'll I'll help you, give you some clarity. But it's not supposed to be like that. Hallelujah. So those desires must be tempered. And must be harnessed, must be given purpose. So the woman's desire for dominance needs to be harnessed. It needs to be handled with maturity. Do you understand? And even though she has that desire, she needs to have the wisdom to say, I submit. And as a matter of fact, submission is not a sign of weakness. As a matter of fact, it's a sign of strength. But culture today is fighting against uh, submission. Isn't it? You hear it there in the media. You hear it there all over the place women's lib and all of that. It's it's nonsense. It doesn't make sense. It does not make sense because they don't know the purpose. They don't have that. So because of that, some women, anything, when you mention submission, they, (laughs) No. no, 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 no. As a matter of fact, you read the Bible, you see that even before the Bible says the man should submit to the woman, it says, submit yourselves to one another in the fear of the Lord. So mutual submission comes before wives submit. Go read your Bible. So there, there, there are cases where the wife is more of an authority. And the man should know how to submit himself. Hmm? One to another. Come on. I'm not preaching heresy. It's Bible. Yeah, it's Bible. If your wife is a doctor, huh? and there's a health situation at home, huh? and then your grandmother has this concoction that she used for your father and she used for you. Huh? And she's around and she says, no, you have to do this. And your wife is a doctor. And your wife says, let's do this. You say, no, but my no, 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 no. This is what has always worked in this family. You better submit to her in that area. Because you you don't know. And there's nothing as bad as somebody being in charge who is ignorant. It's terrible to be led by someone who is clueless. Hmm? So in that case, who submits to who? I'm the man here. We have to do what I say. You fool. what you say. What are you saying? What you are saying is senseless. What you are saying. (laughs) I remember I'm in church. So that desire. Must be handled. Your desire to be the head. You don't. You already made one. you don't have to prove any point. You don't have to prove any point. You are already. So far as marriage is concerned. And let me say this. Outside the institution of marriage, men and women are equal. From what Jesus says, I mean from what the Bible says, according to Galatians, Paul made it clear, in Christ Jesus, there is neither male no female. Born nor free. Yes. Huh? Yes. Greek. No Jew. Or Gentile. Yes. That's equality. Amen. So there is no gender that is superior to another gender. Hallelujah. There is equality before God. Amen. So that desire for dominance. You need to know. That it's a perversion. That came as a result of sin. So bring it. Under subjugation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen? Amen. And besides, listen, you are not the head of my wife. All these men in this church. (laughs) Don't come and tell my wife what to wear. (laughs) On how to look. You are not her head. I am her head. Glory to God. You see her like this because I like it. Yeah. If you don't like it, go find your own. And make yours to look like your grandmother. If you like. Yeah. So all this all this nonsense in the name of what? You go around trying to control other people's wives because you are male. Just don't come near mine. Are you hearing me? Are you women don't allow anyone He's not your husband and he wants to control you. As what? Yeah. Wives, submit to your own husbands. your own husbands, not to, uh, to the men. Those men have problems. If you submit to them, it's you volunteered. Don't say it's Bible. It's not the Bible. Hallelujah. So desire must have purpose. Your desire, that desire is there, but you need to harness it. Don't use it against each other. Use it against the enemy. Use it against the enemy. Keep him under. Keep him out of the house. Keep him out of your life. Keep him out of your family. That's what you should use it for. And if you do that, God will give you peace. Hallelujah. So, (laughs) it's amazing, Genesis. (laughs) That's where it all started. This is where it all started. But I thank God for Jesus. That's why when we sing about Jesus, you need to know, woman, he liberated you. You don't need any movement. Jesus has done it already. Are you kidding me? Yes. Yes. So you need to love him more. You need to worship him more. you need to in view of his mercies give him more give him all because of Jesus you can breathe some men will choke you choke you choke you onto (laughs) just because they are masculine some masculine fools (laughs) (laughs) okay let, let let me just leave that I don't know why I'm upset this morning with I'm just, I, I, I'm just angry with some with some forces. We cannot cross over this year with those things. Hallelujah. Get them out of your life. Stop abusing that woman. Stop abusing that man. It's not good. God didn't plan that. God's plan is for you to have heaven on earth. God's plan is there to be order in the home. There is order in the home. There is rank in the home. There shouldn't be confusion about these things. Amen? My Lord. Why don't you take a moment. Just pray. Just pray. Just say the Lord. Lord, 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 help me help me to harness my desires bring my desires thank you jesus thank you father amen God gave you desires. And those desires, I believe, are supposed to achieve certain things in your life. Okay? Because without desires, life is going to be really, really boring. How many people desire to eat? Yeah? There are times you just, you, you feel like eating. You, you, huh? So, when you don't feel it, how many people know that that is not normal? When you don't have a desire for food, when you lose appetite. I remember when I was small, my mom used to be so worried about us because we wouldn't eat. We just love to play. So, when I'm playing, don't bring food. No, the the, the 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 play was more important than food. So we would play and forget to eat. And I remember how she went and brought some supplements and she gave us these supplements. Oh my god. This thing was evil. I don't remember what it was, but it just made you hungry. And you wanted to eat. Huh? I mean mothers, come on. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. When that child is not eating, you know you, you just start feeling, oh my God, something is wrong. Yeah. And you want to find a way to make that child eat. So there are desires God has given to us. There there are natural desires, but we also need to have spiritual desires. Yeah. The Bible says, let's look at Proverbs chapter 16. Verse 26. It says, the person who labors labors for himself. For his hungry mouth drives him on. (laughs) You see why you wake up in the morning. You go through all the traffic. Yes? Even when you are not feeling well, yeah. even when you feel so tired, you drag yourself out of bed into the shower and you go. The Bible says, it tells us, huh? His hungry mouth drives him. Something is driving you. So if your desire is more than the inconvenience, then you will achieve something. Do you understand? The reason why people don't achieve things is because the inconvenience is stronger than their desire. Yeah. yeah. So if the inconvenience is stronger than their desire, they don't move. They don't move. And you tell them, come on, do this, do this, wake up, do this, go, do this, go. It's because... Something has happened inside them huh? that has reduced their desire to a point where it's not strong enough to drive them. It doesn't cause them to wake up. You know, sometimes sometimes I don't desire sleep. Do you understand? Because I have other desires that are more powerful than sleep. So when those desires that are more powerful than sleep kick in, Amen. sleep becomes secondary. That's so I give myself to those desires. Amen. But some people, their desire for sleep is, is more than anything else. <laughs> sleep has its place. I mean, it's important. It's vital to sleep. If you don't sleep, you'll be sick. You'll be useless, huh? because then you become irritable. Everybody around you, you are so grouchy. Or you know, you know how some people are when they don't sleep. <laughs> yeah, when they don't have enough sleep. Those of you that have nine hours sleep every every night, may God have mercy on you. <laughs> Help you. Give you some other... <laughs> desires. Mish, <laughs> Wake up. Sleep when you have to sleep. Wake up when you have to wake up. Alright? God gave you that for a reason. So there will be a time that your body is telling you... it's time to sleep. There's a desire for sleep. And there's nothing as good as sleeping... when you ought to sleep. You know, when you are tired... You know, sleep is sweet when you are tired. When you are not tired, nothing, and then you are trying to sleep, and you're just there, um... No, no, no. But there is something that happens. And when you hit the pillow, like some of us, we have a gift. We don't struggle. All I need is one minute, and I'm gone. Yeah. No stress. Let's go there. I tell my wife, um, wake me up. I need to sleep for 30 minutes. 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Okay? 30 minutes. Oof. 30 minutes later, I'm up. How many people want that gift?
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hallelujah. You receive it. <laughs> Ah, hallelujah. No, it's because you have some strong desires (laughs) that are more than the sleep. (laughs) Yeah. So, God has done it in such a way that there are things that will propel you. There are things that will continue to move you towards certain goals. Do you understand me? You have goals. How many people have goals? You want to achieve certain things. Yeah, so it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Just make sure the devil doesn't hijack your goals. Make sure he doesn't hijack your desires. Make sure that you bring them, sanctify them, and let God use them to get you to where God has ordained for you. That's what kept Jesus going. uh, do Do you wonder why Jesus physically didn't get married? It wasn't a priority. His desire to do the will of the father was stronger than his desire for physical marriage. Although he's going to have, ma- have a bride. Yeah. You know, yeah. which is the church. Yes. So then it's not no, three and a half years. I mean, how would you feel? You got married three and a half years later, the husband leaves. Yeah. <laughs> huh? So if he had gotten married, don't you think she would try to keep him? When he finishes, he says, okay, I have to leave. Go where? We are here together. (laughs) Yeah. But you see, because that was, the father didn't give him that. He didn't put that desire in him. Because that desire was for another time. Which is what we are preparing for. Hallelujah. So, because of that, The desire he had, he said, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. That is his desire. That was his desire. His desire was to to do the will of the father. His desire was to finish his assignment. So that was more powerful than any other desire. And that's why when they brought food to him in John chapter four, and they say, "Master, here is food to eat," he says, "No, no, 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 no." He was hungry. He was the one that sent them to go and buy food. Yeah. <laughs> now they've come with the food, and the guy is—he's like busy talking to this woman. Master, we've brought food for you. He says, "I have food to eat that you guys don't know." Come on, said desire. desire. So his desire was 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 kind of, you know, he has taken his desire and he has merged it with the desire of the father. And his desire and the father's desire have become one. So the father's will at that time was this woman. And Samaria. Samaria needed to hear the gospel. So whatever desire it is you have, merge it with the will of the father. Merge it with the Father's desire. So you say to the Father, Father, give my desire purpose. Mm. So don't kill your desire. You need it. Mm. But give it purpose. And one of the ways you give it purpose is you attach it to the kingdom of God. To the will of the Father. Hallelujah. So if your desire is to run. Huh? You wake up. I know some people. (laughs) The Bible says the wicked run it when no one pursues. (laughs) it. Those of you that wake up. eh? Eric. You are doing how many Ks now? What's your record? Three. How many kilometers? 3.5 for the. 3.5. You Wait, wait. You mean three thousand five hundred? No, no, no. He has done three thousand five hundred kilometers this year. Who is chasing you? (laughs) No one (laughs) three thousand five hundred kilometers. At least if it is hunger, we'll say his hunger is driving him. But this one is not hunger. There's a kind of desire. You know, and, it, you know, come on, let's put our hands together for him. My goodness. What an achievement. I do my own running in the spirit. So when you do yours, I join you in the spirit. Hallelujah. But the point is this. Whatever it is your desire. You need to now begin to think in such a way that. You say, Father, this is what I desire. Hmm? How can I advance your kingdom with this desire? Are you getting my point? So you are now giving your desire a purpose. So I want to advance your kingdom. Show me ways that I can advance your kingdom with my desire. Because remember, Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. All right? And all these things shall be added to you. So when you have a desire, next thing you need to start saying, kingdom. Come on, say kingdom. kingdom. Yeah. Every desire, I don't care what it is. Even if it is a desire to have a wife. Kingdom. yeah. So when, when, you get, when you get a wife, you say, Lord, how are we going to advance your kingdom as a family? So this wife you've given to me, how can we advance the kingdom? Are you getting my point? So every desire can be used, can be given purpose. Otherwise, otherwise, what's going to happen is that Satan is going to give you purpose. Even your education must be given purpose. A higher purpose. We all have desires, but the problem is that when our desires are not linked to a higher desire, then complications come. You know why our leaders, huh? a, l- a lot of our leaders they are in positions of authority. They desire the office. They lobbied for it. Yeah. They got it. Yes. But there's no higher purpose. That's right. So what happens? Purpose without where purpose is not known. <coughs> abuse is inevitable according to the late Miles Monroe so you don't know the purpose for which that desire has been achieved Mm -hmm. you must give it purpose give it purpose or else greed will come in or else corruption will come in or else all kinds of things will come in why? because it hasn't been given purpose hasn't been given purpose many people want more money give it purpose how many people want promotion give it purpose and the highest purpose is for it to be kingdom focus amen God is going to open doors for you God is going to promote you and all of that the moment you start making it about you You start making it about you. You derail. And then the enemy can now. Begin to ride that. And don't allow him. Don't give him that privilege. Don't give him that privilege. Time is gone. I need to stop. Why don't we talk to the Lord. I know you have some great desires. You have some great plans. Because you serve a great God, you cannot desire little things. You desire great things. Put those desires into the hands of God. Give them purpose. Link them to the kingdom of God. Not just linking them. Put them into the kingdom. Put those desires... Into the hands of God. Let it be. That the father will look at you. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 4. That he created all things for his pleasure. He created all things for his pleasure. You were made for his pleasure. He created you for his pleasure. That means whatever you do has to bring pleasure to God. Whatever you do has to please God. Huh? It cannot just be pleasing you. It cannot just be about you. It has to be about the one that made you, it has to be about the one that gave you the breath. Why did he put you in that office? It's for his pleasure. Why did He give you that business? It's for His pleasure. Why did He give you that deal? It's for His pleasure. It's for His pleasure. Don't make any mistake about it. Don't make any mistake about it. Why did He plant you where you are planted? It's for His pleasure. Why did He bring that woman into your life? It's for His pleasure. Why did He give you those children? It's for His pleasure. Don't miss the point. It's all for his pleasure. We're living for him, not for ourselves. That's where we miss it. Our Christianity has become so self-centered. So self-centered. That the kingdom is not advancing as it should. Not anymore. Because everybody is about himself. Just selfish desires. But let's put those desires into the hands of God Father I pray I pray O God that every desire in this house will be used for the advancement of your kingdom let it not be about us let it be about your kingdom my Lord and my God The advancement of your kingdom. Let your kingdom advance. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Let's stand up on our feet. Come on. Let's talk to the Lord. I believe strongly that God is aligning you because He wants to do great things through you. Don't allow any disappointment to rob you of the opportunity to please your father and to live for your father. Don't allow your desires to be distorted. I believe, I believe strongly that there are more desires that are going to be given to you. If God Can find you faithful with what he has already given to you. Even the desires you have. Right now. If you can use them appropriately. He will give you more desires. He will give you more. Greater desires. That will take you to greater heights. I'm telling you. I've been praying about my desires for some time now. And I was surprised last night. I was being spoken to in a dream about things I didn't even desire. God is saying, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to do this for you. I didn't ask for them. So you need to make sure your desires are properly aligned. There are things you didn't even ask for. God will start giving to you. But if you will be faithful with the desires that are in your heart right now, just ask Him to help you to be faithful. Help you to please Him. Help you to align your desires. Come on, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. My Lord. Let your kingdom advance through every desire in this house. Lord, I pray that your kingdom will advance. Your will might be done on earth through every desire in this house. In the name of Jesus. Mighty God. Mighty God. Take your people. Take take your people this morning. Possess our desires. In the name of Jesus. Use them. To advance your kingdom. There was a time. That Satan had a desire for Peter. I want to declare now. That every desire of Satan for you. Will not come to pass. In the name of Jesus. Whatever his desires are for you. For your family will be frustrated in the name of jesus i declare that i declare in the name of jesus that your desires every desire of satan is going to be frustrated from this moment in the name of jesus satan's desire every desire of his concerning you concerning your family concerning your children concerning your future is aborted in the name of jesus we abort them we abort them right now right now in the name of jesus now listen to me there's somebody here you've been having serious turbulence in, a, in your relationship. There's a particular relationship that has. Satan is trying to abort that relationship. It's not that that relationship is of the devil. No. What has happened is that he has entered into it. He has entered into it. Right now, I command in the name of Jesus. I command in the name of Jesus. I cast out that spirit. In the name of Jesus. Get out in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I release the peace of God. In that relationship. Right now. Right now. In the name of Jesus. You know yourself. I want you to invite the Lord. Let the kingdom of God come into your relationship. The Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Let the kingdom invade your relationship. Let the kingdom of God invade that relationship right now, right now, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I give you praise.
1: This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.